I call it luck. In my experience, there's no such thing as luck. Canto by Dispatch. Today I'm Brittany and joining me today, as always, is my friend Emily Lynn. Hi Emily! Hi Brittany. How are you? I am okay. Happy May the 4th to you. Happy May the 4th be with you. (laughs) How have you celebrated this wonderful holiday for the fans, to the fans, and because of the fans. Um, I got my second vaccine shot. That is a wonderful way to celebrate. Yeah, I'm pretty excited about it. Uh, if I sound a little bit tinny on this episode, it's because I am just recording through my headphones with my laptop in bed because I am quite tired and I don't know whether it is actual vaccine side effects or psychosomatic because it'd be a little bit early for side effects to kick in but who knows yeah no i'm I'm so happy that you're fully vaccinated in two weeks you will be full fully vaccinated ready to go are you going to do anything to celebrate uh, i don't know probably not right away just because eh, you know I'm still, like, it's going to be a bit before I'm, like, actually comfortable, like, going out and doing shit. Yeah, that must be hard. Like, especially, like, New York. Like, I feel like California and New York are just, like, completely just different places when it comes to reopening and the phases and just different experiences. So, hopefully that transition is smooth and easy and not scary because definitely going out like after COVID or it's, it's a little scary. Like, especially like some people that aren't wearing masks, like even though the man, there was a mandate that said that like you can be outside without a mask on and you never know. You always have to expect the unexpected. So I hope it's okay for you. Yeah, I think it I think it will be. Um but yeah, it's just gonna take gonna take some time. How about you? What have you been up to? Well, without going into full detail, 
I can happily announce that um, I have ended the Job Hunt World Tour. Um, Yay! It is permanently closed for business. Okay. Permanently, wow. Hoping for permanently. But, yeah, I, I just found out, like, an hour ago. So this is still new information that I'm processing. I'm shocked. I'm surprised. I'm in denial. Like all the stages of, I just, I can't believe it. Like I, I've been like always expecting like bad news or just, you know, you didn't make it, you didn't get it. Cause it's like, that's what I've been getting like for about a year yeah. now. So it was it was really scary for a while because I just, I didn't know what I was going to do, what I was going to be and, you know, just questioning everything. But now that I have an idea and something I can grasp onto, I can start my life. So I'm turning the page of the book and I'm, I'm really excited. I'm, I'm just in shock. Like, I can't believe it. So all of my jittering and bullshit is just from. Yeah, shock. no, that's, that's, that's super awesome. I am, I'm very happy for you. I know it's been a long and discouraging search, so I'm glad that it worked out and hopefully this is, you know, the place for you and it's going to be someplace you can be years from now. I hope so too. And I find it funny that I got this opportunity on May the 4th like it, it was like somehow the the force was with me it, it's amazing like Grogu is like Santa <laughs> and I asked Santa you know what I went for Christmas is job and I got a job yeah that's a pretty good Star Wars gift yes thank you Grogu but Anyways, like, what's going on with Emily? Anything fun? Anything exciting on TV or movies? Um, not really. I've been watching mostly stuff that I've seen before. I rewatched um, Spotlight is on Netflix, and I rewatched that the other night, um, which I hadn't seen since it came out, and it's very good. Have you seen Spotlight? I think so. That's the one about uh, the Catholic Church, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Very good movie. Yeah, it's really good. I and I, I had sort of forgotten just how good and how like packed the cast is. But then after that, I watched Zodiac, because um, it's just another like lots of talking, and technically about a crime, but mostly just talking movie. And what else did I was up to? Oh, I um I bought some new Star Wars art today. Ooh. Yeah, uh, Bottleneck Gallery, which does, you know, they do a lot of, of fandom stuff, especially Star Wars, and it's often, like, extremely limited numbers, or sometimes they do the timed releases, but thankfully, Steel Saunders tagged me in on one of their things they were selling today, because it has, it's um, a New Hope poster, and it's sort of, like, in three sections, like, vertically, the bottom one is, you know, the classic, like, Luke from behind in the sunset. And then the middle is the the Obi-Wan-Vader duel. But the top is Tarkin. 
because it was like there this guy did one for each each of the movies and so each one is like the one like the main villain at top but there is so little tarkin art out there like it's just not i mean look i get it like but he's my favorite and he uh steel told me like this stuff sells out fucking quickly make sure you're on it right away luckily i got back to the office from walgreens where i got my vaccine like 10 minutes before they went on sale and i like was just sitting there refreshing the page and i managed to get it i'm really happy because it's, it's only like 250 of them so when i was like by the time i checked out they had sold out wow i got one i'm really happy uh our buddy luke apparently bought the whole uh triptych but no, I just wanted, I wanted Tarkin, and it's really, it's really a nice looking piece. I'll, I'll put up an image, because it's, it's not going to ship for, for several weeks, but very happy about it. Oh, well, I'm happy for you. Yeah, I guess, thank you to Steel for, you know, letting you know all the details and, you know, for helping you get this beautiful Tarkin picture. Yeah, I'm, I'm very excited for it. I'm excited for you too. That's awesome. I love some good Star Wars art. I know our friend Chris Hall does some really good Star Wars art and Lumberjack Nick does some cool shit too. People are so talented. Like it, it always awes me or I'm always in awe of just that kind of talent. Because I, I can't even, even draw, draw a stick, stick it's official we both can't draw a stick figure this is like the moment in frozen where we finish each other's sandwiches perfect god yeah i literally can't like it's hard for me to draw shapes like really straight even when i have like the lined paper like this shit's hard like yeah. art is difficult like I, I took some art classes in like high school and college and there's this flower painting that I did that like for some reason my mom really liked and like I was looking at it one day and like the middle of the flower like totally looks like a penis and I'm thinking god damn it like how did I let this happen like I, I gotta send a picture of this flower like I and I think I got like a C on it because like the pianist was like in the middle of the painting and they wanted it to be like any other place but the middle <laughs> okay so yeah my art skills aren't great so I I always think it's so cool people are good at especially like writing like people that are really good like writing in cursive or like decorative writing like when you go somewhere and see like someone's writing on like congratulations on the board or something I'm like man I wish my handwriting was was like that but people are just more talented than I am in a yeah, lot of things. I have, I have zero art skills. Like, I did okay in my ceramics class in high school, but... Yeah, can't draw for shit. Yeah. Hmm. I'm but, sorry. Oh. oh, no, go ahead. No, I think our connection, my wi-fi and like cellular device connection has just been total shit lately and i i found myself on twitter um 
looking at a tweet that Josh Chapman had tweeted to Chris Fresh about a book that Meghan Markle, the Duchess of Sussex, is writing, and it's called The Bench. (laughs) I'm going to imagine that the subject matter is slightly different than the way Chris Fresh uses that term. Although, wouldn't it be great? (laughs) A whole book about why Harry is on the bench. And it's just so beautifully written, too. Like, the bench is beautifully painted. Like, there's some birds. And there's just this lonely bench that is waiting for Chris Fresh to sit on. (laughs) Perfect. Ah. Well, yeah, Emily, it's it's May the 4th. It, it's our day. Did any of your coworkers wish you a happy May the 4th because they see all your Star Wars stuff? Like, I mean, that would require me talking to my coworkers, which I generally try not to do. It's always funny, like, non-Star Wars fans and how, like, they perceive this day. Like, I got so many text messages from friends, like, saying, like, happy May the 4th, which was adorable. Um... One year in college, I had a friend, like, make me a a cake, like, a Star Wars cake, and I ate it in one of my classes, and it was glorious. But it just, it's funny, just, like, non-Star Wars fans and, like, just what they think we do on this day. Like, they think we just watch the movies all day. They think, you know, we dress up like Star Wars characters and do stuff. Like, it's like... It's like assuming that people that celebrate Christmas like dress up like Santa and give presents to people. I mean, some people do, I guess. I mean, that's fairly common at Christmas parties, but. I would like that at a Star Wars party. Can someone dress up like Yoda? Like, I would really like that. Yeah. But no, um. Unless you are really interested in merchandise, this was not a particularly big day for Star Wars news announcements. There was a little bit on the stupid hotel thing, uh, including a little uh, gif that shows the new fancy lightsaber thing that it, apparently like some of the cast members at the hotels are going to have. And there's talk about how immersive it's going to be without actually going into any detail about what any of that immersive stuff is. And the part of it that really got to me is when they said, it's not storytelling, it's story living. And I just went, I am so glad I don't work in any sort of public relations because if I had to write something like that, I would just be constantly ashamed of myself. It's almost as bad as my perfection is an illusion. (laughs) (sighs) Story living. Yeah. I wonder if they're really going to make it look like a spaceship. Like a hotel spaceship. That would be interesting to see. But it's just so expensive, Emily. Like... I don't want to spend $3,000 to stay in a spaceship when I could go when I could go to like Disney World for a week and probably spend less amount of money than going on a spaceship. Yeah. Like it just 
it's an experience that seems cool and looks cool, but it's just so pricey. And then these live lightsabers, like are these real life lightsabers, I, I guess they look fine, but I want to go like behind the scenes and with all without all the production lights on and see like what the fuck is this metal thing? Like I just want to know what it is, like it, how it shoots up. Like it reminds me of those little toy ones. I don't know. I don't know how this works because when I think of real life lightsaber, I think of something like literally a lightsaber that if you you can like cut off someone's arms or something. And I'm thinking that is. I mean, that sounds a little bit exactly. So I'm thinking, why do people want to make a real life lightsaber? Like we don't need that kind of technology here. We don't need that shit. (laughs) Why? Why is it being produced? Like that's why I want to see like what this shit does because I want to know. Could this be dangerous? I mean, it doesn't say, like what from what I've read because people were like pulling out some of the stuff that had been patented. It looks it works kind of like a tape measure, like one of the retractable ones, where you have the hilt and then there's two curved, like I don't know what they're made out of, some sort of like plasticky thing that like extend upwards. And so they're like long vertical things that have like a, a light thing in them. But then they match up because they're curved to make a cylinder. So you're telling me that some people are going to pay thousands of dollars for a tape measure? <laughs> I mean, look. I mean, and it's hard to go off the thing because you can make anything look fancy on that. And who knows how much after effects it has on it. But you know it, it could look really cool in person um it doesn't sound like they're actually going to be on sale anytime soon and it's going to be the the uh like people playing walking around playing ray or some of the other characters who have these because it doesn't seem like something that would be immediately going into to mass production but i don't know again like this hotel just seems like I mean, it's so expensive. It is so much for rich people, which means even if you, even if I could afford to go, you know, you're just going to be surrounded by rich, bratty, spoiled kids. And that does not sound fun to me. No, it doesn't. And I don't understand the need to, you know, raise these prices so fucking high. Like, I get that we went through a pandemic, but it just, it's unreasonable. And it's, it's really unfair to people who, want to experience these things, you know, but really can't, you know, for instance, there's a lot of people right now who would love to go to Disneyland, but prices are so expensive, like in the 200s for a park hopper for a day, like that's like $45 a minute. That's, or mean, obviously lower than that. Like you're paying or per hour, like you're paying so much for this experience that's only lasting you a day. And you know, at the end of the year, they're going to have the annual passes, which are going to be so expensive, too. It's just unfair. Like, there's no better way of saying it. It just it sucks because how are people supposed to experience these kind of lovely things? Like some of my best memories are at Disneyland, but it makes me feel like shit that some people that some people can't do it because it's just so expensive. And yeah, well, I mean, especially those prices for something that they bill as like a big family experience uh, seems kind of disgusting. And look, you're like, 
I, I realize my problem is with capitalism in general, but it's still fucking gross. It is. It's, it's one of the things this past year that I've been like really looking at and really been critical about, you know, my love for the parks and my love for Disney and, you know, just questioning, though I know these things exist, can I still go back and pretend that I'm in this pretend land where all my problems go away? And I'm not 100% sure because of just the reality of it all. Yeah. Yeah, and so, like, when, when any of the, the this news about the new hotel comes out, I'm just like, well, I guess it's kind of neat, but in a sort of, like, bitter sort of way. Also, I mean, couldn't you have given us, like, any sort of actual news? You just throw together a fucking poster or some teaser shit like Marvel just dropped, where they have the little, like, logo for each of the upcoming movies. Like, why can't they do that shit? Marvel knows that they're better than us. Just like, I mean, I don't, I don't understand it. Um, now, of course, the Bad Batch did drop today and they did the little uh, Simpsons special and they put up Star Wars biomes, which is, I mean, come on, guys, come up with a more exciting title and the ship fly through. Yeah, I didn't watch any of it, but it seems fine. I I mean look I watched I watched The Simpsons and it's you know it's cute there's some there's some pretty like deep cut gags in it and some little like lots of little things going on in the background. Um, there's a point at the when there's something written on the chalkboard in Arabish and I really wanna I gotta go on and see you know I'm sure somebody translated that within two minutes of it going up, so I want to see what that says and um, there's a little cute little BB-8 with a bow on its antenna and. The, the biomes and the ship fly through I watched and it's kind of just like watching a screensaver. I mean, there's some sound effects and it moves through, it's, you know, it goes through like Hoth and Tatooine and some other places and you'll see like Imperial walkers going around or occasionally there'll be some fire and then the spaceship one is, hey, do you want a close up on this knob on the Millennium Falcon? Because here it is. Like it's, you know, it's cool enough, but I'm sort of like, what? I mean, first of all, it'd be cool either if I were, like, seeing on a big IMAX screen or in, like, a VR helmet or something. But when I'm just watching it on my TV or my phone, it's like, okay, this is fine, I guess, but I'm never, ever going to watch this again. Yeah, it seems like when people have parties and they put on, like, the party music channel... Like, this is the calming channel that you put on, you know, when you have guests at the house and you have your cheese board ready to party with your wine and glasses and wine and just sitting there just watching the ships. Yeah, it's it's a little bit weird. But then, like, Disney needs to have some sort of play on repeat uh, option or you're just going to be restarting it every 15 minutes. Yeah, one thing I'm not too fond of with Disney Plus is the fact that, you know, there aren't chapters or when you want to rewatch something, you have to, sometimes you have to go back and, and back or rewind like all the way to the beginning. And it's just, it's annoying. Yeah, it's not great, but no, I think you should watch the, the Simpsons thing. At least I think is worth a little while. I mean, it's only, it's, it's like under four minutes and it's, it's cute. And some of the way they like animated some of the characters, 
is is adorable. Oh yeah, yeah. I'll probably watch it tonight. I just finished up watching Bad Batch before um, before we got here. So yeah, I'll give it a go. Yeah. Um. I mean, should we just jump into Bad Batch? Is there anything else to talk about? No, I, I I think that this is what we've been waiting for. I mean, we've been newsless for a really long time. And I think that the Bad Batch has come here to save us, to to help us, and <laughs> to provide us service. So thank you, Bad Batch, for your service. Yeah, it's going to be, what, 16 episodes, they said? That's a lot of episodes. It is. It's it's I mean, especially compared to everything else they've released. Yeah, and that that first episode was long too. It was like an hour and 15 something like that. Yeah, I was surprised. I felt like I was watching a movie. Yeah, so um obviously look, by the time this comes out it's Friday, most people have has seen it by then, but, you know, just in case, spoiler warning, spoiler warning, spoiler warning. Uh, just sort of, like, overall, what did you think? Did you like it? Yeah, it was fine. Um, I, I was going on Twitter today, and I was just looking at all the tweets about it. And, yeah, I, I guess it was a little overhyped, because, you know, as I was, as I was watching this, I'm just, okay, action here this here surprising moment here like it didn't bring a lot to the table for me but i think after watching it or watching a couple more episodes like i get kind of a feel on what this will be yeah they um they definitely changed some stuff up from the clone wars arc um and so like some of the stuff looks a little different some of the characters are a little different uh, I think I think overall it works, but that surprised me. Um, it's funnier than I thought it was going to be, but it does. I don't know. It maybe already. I don't even. It it kind of feels dated. Yeah, I was gonna say that too, which is really weird because something from twenty twenty one. Wouldn't you think that it wouldn't be dated? Yeah, and there's, like, some problematic shit in it that is just sort of, like, how are you still doing this in this day and age? Like, the stuff they should be more sensitive about. But I don't know. I mean, I think there's some stuff here, and I can see I can see why people like it, but it does, it does feel like a throwback in a lot of ways. Yeah, like, when people post pictures on Instagram with a hashtag throwback Thursday, like, I really feel like the Bad Batch was a hashtag throwback Thursday. <laughs> yeah, but, um, yeah, so let's get into it. Um, look, we're not gonna necessarily, like, always break down every episode, but I think for the pilot, at least, it kind of makes sense to do when we can talk about different aspects of it that way. So we start out much like with the Clone Wars, instead of doing a uh, scroll, we have the voiceover and on this one, it is 10 years ago, a crack commando unit was sent to prison by an Imperial court for a crime they didn't commit. These clones promptly escaped from maximum security prison to the Coruscant underworld. Today, still wanted by the Empire, they survive as soldiers of fortune. If you have a problem, if no one else can help, and if you can find them, maybe you can hire the Bad Batch. I liked that. And 
the music sounded really familiar. Yeah, right. I was thinking that too. And it's very, it's very catchy. It's very, it's very like upbeat, funky thing. And I like, I like the whole theme song. Um, I'm, I'm really impressed by the animation here. Like it, it, I mean, it's fucking positively lifelike and it's cool to do this very retro thing of showing all the different characters with the close-ups. And I just think it's a lot of fun and something new for Star Wars. Yes, and that's really helpful for someone like me. Like, I can't tell the difference, you know, with all the names. There's Tech, there's Wrecker, there's Echo, there's Hunter, and there's just so many of them. And it's really hard for me to be like, okay, this person's this, this person's this, which is why I have subtitles. But the fact that they individually showed this one's this one, this one's this one, like, it was so wonderful for me so that I could, you know, mentally take a picture in my head. Yeah. And they've done a little bit more. Obviously, the Bad Batch, even in the Clone Wars, they're they, they look more distinct than the other clones. But they've they've upped that on this, which I think for people like me <laughs> is necessary. Like they are they are. It's very easy to tell on this one which clone is which. Yeah, it was it was really good. I did like that aspect of the Bad Batch. Was that. It's a little more easier for me to determine who is who. Yeah. So then we, we jump sort of in media res right into the show. And we get into what is, I guess, sort of, I don't know, like maybe it'll be like, you know, conflict of the week or case of the week stuff. That seems maybe what they're going with here. Because we open uh, not on any familiar characters, but we see a bunch of dudes riding into, I think it's Tatooine. It's a desert planet. So I assume Tatooine. And it's kind of this empty looking village. Nobody, like you see some buildings and stuff, but nobody is out there. And these are quite obviously the bad guys on their speeder bikes. And they are shouting for a guy whose name is Al Massey. And like one of the guys starts firing his um, weapon at the, I think it's a church bell tower or something like that. Maybe it's like the town center and people start to come out. Uh, there's one old guy, and when he doesn't answer, when they demand for this Massey guy, the one of the dudes goes in and like grabs his granddaughter and makes some kind of racy remarks for Star Wars, which is like, this is a family show, guys. Like, maybe, maybe don't imply sexual assault, but okay. Yeah, George, Dave, what what are you doing? Like, we need to keep it. You know, George wanted this, you know, for 12-year-olds. Like, I don't think this was 12-year-old content. Yeah, it just seems super unnecessary. Like, they could have just made the threat, hey, they're going to hurt her or something. Or, but, you know, whatever. And then we cut to where this character, Al Massey, is hiding. Uh, it seems like he's some sort of, uh, I don't know, like, space reporter or journalist, which is also cool because that's something we haven't seen in Star Wars before. Like, maybe in one of the books, but, and I know, like, there's a short story in the uh, second From a Certain Point of View book that has, like, the lady who works in the, no, they actually, no, there's, there is a, there is a journalist story in there. And, and I kind of like seeing that here, because I'm always interested in how news travels in Star Wars land. Yeah, news travels awfully quickly like I was surprised just I always love seeing where I am in the 
animated series and where I am in the movies. Like, I love when there's, like, a distinct moment of, okay, I know what's going on. We're at Revenge of the Sith right now. Uh, Grievous and Obi-Wan are in Utapau. Like, I like that shit because I like knowing in my head this was happening. And then uh, during the Clone Wars, that was when Ahsoka and Maul were fighting. So I, I like that. Time is an interesting concept in this show and you know, in, in all of star Wars. So I'm glad that we got to see where everything was. Yeah. We don't know exactly what story he was working on, but it seems like these bad guys are maybe like spice runners or something like that. Anyway, uh, Massey takes off on his own speeder bike. There's a speeder bike chase, which is fun. It's pretty cool. And then, uh, Massey, uh, crashes. And that's sort of the end of seeing him for now. And then we cut to Coruscant, and we are at whatever, I don't know what to call it, a news service, I guess, that he works for. And we finally meet Omega, which I know people have been really excited for. Um, is a female character, which is nice because a lot of the cartoons have been centered around dudes lately. And so I'm glad to mix that up. Yeah, I was surprised, you know, thinking of you know who Omega could be and uh, you know thinking that she was a clone or she was this or she was that but I really like her character you know she's trying to help out the Bad Batch and she's doing good things you know possibly knowing that it could cause her danger in the future yeah and so we see her um and it seems like it's been maybe a couple of days or a couple of weeks since uh, the thing, the opening scene with Massey. And this is like, she's another reporter and she is really concerned for her friend, but her boss is like, Hey, he is a friggin' drunk and he gets me in trouble all the time. He's always making the empire or various like crime syndicates mad. So who cares about that guy? Uh, when she gets more insistent, he suspends her and so she goes to talk to her like another co-worker and then we get another kind of like hey if you did not see the clone wars arc i'm going to now fill you in on all the stuff that happened i love those kind of scenes because like i forget sometimes even though i've seen the bad batch arc like i love finding out you know more information about the clones like, you know, we find out a lot about Hunter and Hunter's past. And I really wish that, like, we got to see, like, every single clone. So, yeah, I like that. I, I like how this show breaks it down for us and gives us information that we've already kind of known, but also, like, new information, too. So we're not so shocked with what's going on. Yeah, you still want things to be like able to be an entry point for new viewers and so we get a little you know about like talking about how they're this commando group who is rumored to still be around but everybody is kind of like maybe they don't even exist because the empire has kind of smashed them down and they don't want to talk about it and um so anyway yeah so they were they were imprisoned because they were set up what is apparently like some sort of imperial vault heist that they say they were ordered to do, but 
you know, conveniently the guy who gave them those orders died. Um, I hope at some point they do like a flashback to show us that because I think that sounds like a lot of fun. I would watch a vault being heisted. Yeah, I would love like a flashback scene too of why why they disobeyed orders, you know, after the Cold War ended. Like, I think that's really ballsy of them, you know, to disobey orders like i know that they aren't you know the most perfect clones out there but something must have gone down like super shitty or super nuts for them to be like you know what fuck this we don't want to do this yeah um and so then we find out that after they escaped there's been this um moth who's been hunting them down because he's like he's in particular is interested in them it turns out that it's grand moth tarkin which of course i was very excited for yeah, I was surprised we got him so late. Yeah, but it seems like he's going to be like a real um, presence in the show. And then we do like the classic team breakdown where this guy is showing Omega like who everybody is. Um, and so we see, you know, like this guy is the leader and it's Hunter. And this guy is the mechanical genius and it's tech. And this guy is... Uh, like he's apparently some con man dude and that's Wrecker, which I thought was a cool twist. Again, that's something that they've changed up here that didn't seem to be like, obviously, I mean, his name's Wrecker and in the first arc, he's much more the, the heavy, but I think that's cool. I like, I like that they've made some adjustments. Yeah. I, I love the adjustments. Like Crosshair was always an asshole. So I'm glad that, you know, we have Wrecker tech echo and Hunter here you know, and the fact that I remember their names now, too. They are our names. Like, <laughs> Hunter. Like, Hunter's the shit. Like, I I like Hunter. Like, I get Hunter. Like, he he knows his shit. And he's a good leader to the team. Yeah, and he's much, he's much, like, more jokey than I was expecting. Yeah, like, the jokes aren't bad. And I'm happy to know that you like the jokes, too. Because I remember texting you, telling you that, you know, you might like the Bad Batch. Because there were some aspects of the show when I was really watching, thinking, you know what? I know that Emily's had a hard time with the Clone Wars. But she's going to actually, like, really enjoy this. Yeah, it's, it's much different than I expected. So, the next scene we cut to is this guy... Um, well, it is a, it's kind of like a monster costume climbing out of the, like a pond or something. Um, it looks like maybe it's kind of like a baby crate dragon. And um, they're on a, I guess a holovid set. Again, something that we haven't seen before. I like that it, I've, this is, because we've talked about this a while ago, which is wanting to know what entertainment in within like the galaxy was. And now we're seeing it. They make monster movies. It all makes sense. It's it's like Star Wars version of Universal Studios. Yeah. And so, uh, it, like, you know, they call cut. The guy pops his head out of the costume and it's Hunter. And he's got a cigar. Again, weird to see people smoking in Star Wars. But, I mean, that's where we're getting kind of like the throwback stuff, I guess. Yeah, a real throwback Thursday. Like, that's that's a first. A cigar in Star Wars. Like... I don't think anyone in Star Wars has ever smoked. Am I, I wrong? I don't think so. I mean, there's the death sticks dealing, dude, but. Hmm. Oh, yeah. Good old death sticks. So um, then it is. Uh, oh, yeah. Tech and Hunter 
come up in a pot racer and they're looking to warn Hunter because they have found out that Tarkin is onto them. But Hunter just wants to like finish the movie and get paid. But then Tarkin shows up with some Imperials. And so Hunter, still dressed as the little baby crate dragon, gets into the pod racer and they fly off. It is a very good image. It is. Like, even though I am a fan of the Bad Batch's uniforms, like, I particularly enjoy Hunter's crate dragon costume because we don't really see a lot of, like, costumes in Star Wars. So I thought that was really cute. And I thought that, you know, kids would really like that. I really like that personally. Yeah, it made me laugh. It's a nice little, it's a fun little misdirect. So we get another chase. There's lots of chases on the show. That is one thing that they do a lot of is chases. And so, you know, like the Bad Batch is flying off and the Imperial dudes are after them. And then I was a little like, look, they're making Tarkin seem kind of like an idiot here, which is Hunter gets out and basically plays chicken with Tarkin to get him to like take their little um, cruiser ship thing through this part that Hunter can then throw this lever and everything floods. And I look, you know how much I love Tarkin. I'm not, I'm not a big fan of him being stupid, but whatever. I get it. It's a kid's cartoon and he's the bad guy. Yeah, I mean, there could have been other ways for them to defeat Tarkin. I feel like that was a really cheesy way for the Bad Batch to defeat Tarkin. So I expect something better in the future and something a little less comical. Because, you know, Grand Moff Tarkin is Grand Moff Tarkin. Like, he is a big character. He's strategic. He's smart. And I feel like in that moment, he didn't look strategic or smart. Yeah, they need, and I hope that's something that they change going forward. So anyway, let's see. Um, Hunter says that they have to get a hold of Echo to tell him that Tarkin is on to them again. Uh, Tech wants nothing to do with them. He is in, uh, Echo is apparently in some sort of like uh, space, space um, insane asylum, which I mean, makes sense after everything that happened to Echo that he would like be locked up somewhere uh, in need of mental help. Yeah, of course. You know, like in my notes, I, I said that Echo's going through some shit because it's it's great that they are addressing that. Echo went through a lot. You know, that last arc of the Bad Batch, you know, when they found him and when the droids were trying to get his information in the back to tank to, you know, help the droids figure out where the clones are. Like, that's a lot. And they all thought that Echo was dead, too. So, you know him being in an asylum like makes total sense because he went through it. So I'm really happy to see, you know, some acknowledgement that, you know, Echo is going through something and Echo is recovering. Yeah. And I like that they've set up tech to not particularly like Echo and not trust Echo because I think you need the, the team dynamic can't be a hundred percent buddy, buddy. Like obviously they all care about each other and they're all going to help each other out. But it's important to have some tension there long term. Yeah, it's it would be a boring show if all of them got along and it was roses and daisies the whole time. Like I need they're like brothers, you know, they argue, they get in disagreements. And I love that we're seeing that because that's so relatable. Yeah. And so then we get Omega visiting Echo 
because she has figured out that he used to um, like fly for the team as the team's pilot and he actually like dropped them off on this vault heist mission and like the reason basically that he's not in jail with them and he, like probably besides the fact that he was only the pilot is that he is you know in this mental ward um and we kind of get the idea that this guy is at least acting this role somewhat but you know we also again we know that echo went through all this trauma so how much of it is is an act we don't know but she he um he helped set up a meeting between uh, Omega and Hunter, and he tells her to uh, be like late at night to be on Coruscant, like this like kind of sleazy underground place called the Cozy Golf Cat Club. And they don't like look; they don't get into this. This is obviously some sort of like strip club or something, which is a little again, it's a cartoon for kids, but. They don't explicitly say any of that. So I think, you know, it could be worse. It definitely could be. But yeah, I mean, I get trying to relate to real life. And, you know, what they did with Echo was wonderful. But I'm not sure if we're, you know, ready to see a Star Wars strip club yet. I mean, it's definitely an interesting concept. But, you know, again, you know, these are kids watching. And I hate to be, like, the fun police, but... I don't know that it's interesting and it makes me think of how else is the show going to go? Yeah. I mean, I guess, you know, you can say like the movies have like the, like Twilight, like dancing girls and stuff like that. And so maybe, maybe, you know, it's not all that different than that. I guess I just seem, I think maybe it seems different in a cartoon. Oh yeah, definitely. So um, she is there, like, waiting. It's night. It's rainy. There's this, I guess, like, this old, you know, drunk guy who stumbles into her. And she feels bad for him and gives him some credits. And then we see, we follow him. And, you know, he, he takes off his disguise. It turns out this is Hunter. And he, like is impressed that she like was generous and gave him this money, but like to himself says that there's some other test she has to pass. And okay, this is when we get into some problematic shit. And it's funny because I think I, while I was watching it, I texted you, oh, I'm actually enjoying this a lot more than I thought I did. And then like a couple minutes later, I'm like, ooh, ooh, I hadn't gotten to this yet. This is really bad. Uh, and that is, look, we saw this in the prequels. It's the, um, Okay, I don't... Do you know the name of the species here? The, the Trade Federation alien guys. Newt Gunray and those. Nemodians, I believe? Okay. The very... Um, and they got, you know, a lot of crap for this back in the prequels, which is kind of this, like, Asian stereotype they're playing into. Uh, it, it makes me deeply uncomfortable. And it is, like, played to the hilt here. And I'm like... I mean, even in the like late 90s this was already really bad so to do it again here like I, I, like the just do the trade federation aliens and drop the the orientalism yeah I, I don't understand the need for the orientalism like i don't understand you know what that means um why it's that way um 
yeah, that's it's truly offensive. And that's really something that, you know, could have been changed, should have been changed. And knowing, you know, it's it's 2021, like we're doing so much good, but also still so much bad. And we really need to improve ourselves, educate ourselves to, you know, not continue this behavior of, you know, offending different cultures and different people. And it just sucks. Yeah. And like, spoiler alert, it'll turn out later, this is yet another one of Hunter's disguises, which like makes it even more uncomfortable because then it's like he's doing this weird alien stereotype, which is in itself this weird Asian stereotype. It's it's a lot of layers of weirdness. But this is like his other test is to like, you know, he's asking her about like how much her friend means to her. And she, you know, has, you know, she's like, I will, I'll, I'll, do like sell the the place I live. I'll do all this. I can get all of these credits for you because it's worth it all. Like it's worth everything credit I have to save my friend. Very thoughtful. Yeah, and then we get this cool. It's 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 a bunch of split scenes, and I thought it was well done and fun. Um, we see Wrecker, who again is like the con man character, and so he's like snuck back into the cloning facility to check in on one of the, I don't know, like the the people who helped raise the clones as much as they were raised, who is now like sick and in bed. And so we wanted to, to check in on him there, which is a nice little human moment. We also see Tech is um, surrounded by a, a bunch of kids and he's talking to them and he's like working on fixing, I don't know, it looks like a little like space scooter or something and all these kids are obviously like really like impressed by him and big fans of him and while we get that they are both watching this um some sort of like hollow transmission which seems to be some sort of like like show and hunter uh i guess like gets in on it and he is pretending to be somebody who is seeking advice but it's actually a coded message that they have this whole system worked out to tell each other about like their next mission and where to go and when to meet up and all of that stuff. And I, I like that. I like that. It's fun. It's very like spy like. Yeah, it's it's very spy like. It's definitely something that you like and something I was surprised that they incorporated in this show because I really thought you know the Bad Batch was supposed to be about you know them escaping the Empire. Order sixty six happened, so they just have to figure out how to live their life. But this is a really interesting plot, and you know they're doing a lot and they're trying to hide from a lot while also a lot of action, a lot of adventure, spying. I'm okay with it, but I, I definitely think in a couple episodes I'm going to be like a little more hooked than I am now. I just I feel like I'm, I'm I'm healing from the hype because this was very very hyped. Mm-hmm. No, I totally get that. Um, we cut to Wrecker, who is in like another disguise, and he's apparently like spun some lie to get Echo out of the ward he's in um and it's it's a, just a funny cute little moment between them i don't i don't entirely recall the jokes there but it's like oh i got you out for the, like the funeral of your uncle or something and he's like oh i didn't even know i had an uncle he's like oh you hated your uncle and it's it's you know it's fun little like play between them 
Yeah, just some super silly shit. And that's necessary for the moment. Yeah, and so they come up to Omega and tell her that they're taking the job and ask for the money and for like a like what the what the guy they're looking for actually looks like, which is, you know, important. But she says she'll pay them later because she is actually coming with them, which is necessary. Like like she needs to be along in this. We knew she was gonna be on the show. She can't just be waiting for them to bring her friend back. And again, because the Bad Batch, again, they're clones, so they're all dudes. It's nice to have it's nice to have this. Yeah, it's it's nice to have Omega around. Like I wasn't prepared for her, you know, to be fully part of the show. And I was I was skeptical skeptical to at first, you know, of Omega, but I like her. I think she'll be fine. Yeah, and I think I think it gives like a different perspective. Somebody who is like part of the team, but not really part of the team. And so it's it's a good character to have for like viewers of the show. I know. I liked her outfit too. Like she's she's a stylish young lady. Yeah. Uh, but we see when when they drive away that uh, Tarkin's guys are spying on them. And so then, and I like this scene a lot. We go to uh, Wrecker and Echo and they're in some sort of shipyard and they are dressed as bounty hunters. And I'm like, okay, why are you dressed as bounty hunters? Like the the, the lengths that they go to with their lies, but I guess that's just part of the show. And anyway, Wrecker has, for what it sounds like, has already had this set up because it's not something he does on the instant, which is he's, been like talking to this woman on the shipyard and pretending to be this rich dude who's looking to buy a ship and you know she's like talking about like you know like contracts and all that and he flirts and charms his way into just getting a test drive a good old test drive yeah i i enjoy usually the dialogue isn't the best in you know star wars shows and star wars you know our uncle george his greatest quality, unfortunately, wasn't writing dialogue. I mean, he had many other great qualities, but I really think that the dialogue in The Bad Batch is is decent. Is It's funny. I can get behind it. You know, other than the problematic shit, and I really hope that that calms the fuck down. It's fine. Yeah. So then we learn that, cause, because... While Wrecker and Echo are getting the ship, we have um, Tech and Hunter and Omega on their way to meet them. And it turns out uh, Tech is not a fan of space travel, and he especially does not trust Echo's piloting. And in what is done so smoothly, it is apparently a like regular thing, is Hunter just drugs him, which fairly fucked up, but it's funny. You never know what could happen. And, you know, he thought that was the best, the best thing. So he doesn't get all nervous or we know how he gets. So, yeah. Yeah. And so he like tech figures out what's going on and gets really pissed. And they do the classic thing when somebody has been drugged, which is they go to punch the guy, but then they miss and they pass out. So tragic. And, and then we get, yeah, and we get, you know, another, uh, like, prelude to an action sequence here. 
which is Tarkin and the Imperial dudes are, are coming into the spaceport just as Hunter and Tech and Omega are arriving. And so then there's, you know, the big hurry to get onto the ship. Um, there's a funny little bit where they, they tie Tech up so he doesn't kill them when he wakes up. And they take off and we, you know, we get a little bit of a thing about, you know, whether they, they have enough fuel to get to Tatooine. And there's some stuff there about like flight plans that I didn't really understand, but whatever, whatever, it's fine. And so Hunter grabs Omega's bag to go through it and get the credits. And uh oh, she totally lied about how much money she should get. And then he reveals to her that he was the Trade Federation alien dude all along. And yeah, then we do to be continued. Yeah, and that's where I was. I closed my notebook full of notes. Um, and this is like the first time. God, I haven't written notes for a podcast in like a really, really long time. But <laughs> I know. <laughs> God, but to be continued. Like usually I'm prepared for to be continued, but... I feel like that's why I'm like, man, because I, I like to binge watch and I feel like this show would be a good binge watching show. But unfortunately, with Disney Plus, it's, you know, every week. And I'm hoping that there's going to be one on Friday, but eh, I don't know. I think they're just going to do next Friday and keep it going. But yeah, I I wasn't too much of a fan of the the cliffhanger, but I mean, I'm still excited to see what happens. But cliffhanger is always a bummer. Yeah, but no, like, you know, overall, I enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I would. Like, yes, again, like, we've been talking about how it seems dated or it's a very throwback thing, but it didn't, it didn't bother me like I had anticipated. Um, I enjoyed it. Like I said before, it's a lot, it's a lot funnier than I thought it would be. It's also a lot goofier than I thought it would be, which that might, for, you know, like 16 episodes might start to get a little bit tiring. As long as they aren't talking about clankers anymore, I think we're good. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Fair. And again, um, you know, drop the p- p- problematic stuff. Like, don't make Tarkin such an idiot. Like, he needs to be more of a threat to the Bad Batch, I think. But other than that, I like it. And I like, you know, I like the idea if, okay, even if they're being paid for it, them just going around and helping people. I love that they're going out and helping people. This is definitely giving me flashbacks to, you know, when Steel had a therapy session with us and Noah and Corey from Kessel Run Transmissions because, you know, we we didn't think that Bad Batch was necessarily the best idea. And, you know, they talked to us about, you know, they can do this, they can do that. The arc was fine. Clankers, clankers, clankers. But overall, like, I can see this becoming successful. So, you know, props to them for... I don't know, just just props to them. Like, I know that they've been really excited for this for a long time. And, you know, congratulations to all of you who are really excited about the Bad Batch and the future of the Bad Batch. Because I think I can hop on that Bad Batch train. Not yet. I think I'm about to purchase my ticket. I am still online trying to figure out which seat I want. If I want, you know, the first row or the top row. Probably the top row because I do enjoy getting free wine on trips that is fun when they just give you the little things of wine or sodas and then you get like little goodie bags of shit like I enjoy that so depending on how that goes 
I could join that train. Yeah, I just got to think about it more of like if I if this had been on, you know, like back in back in the 80s or something when I was a kid, if I would have enjoyed it. And I think I really would have. And that's what I got to think of is, again, at the end of the day, this is for kids. Like, yeah, you want to be able to enjoy it as an adult, too. But I think if you approach it from the right mindset, it's it's a lot of fun. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I definitely think that if I was watching this, you know, when I first got into the Clone Wars, like, I would like it. I mean, definitely, I think that when I was got into the Clone Wars, there was a lack of Star Wars content out there. So I was, you know, wanting anything and everything. So this that fulfilled my needs. So I feel like the Bad Batch would have fulfilled my needs, too. So that's good. I'm, I'm happy for the Bad Batch. Yeah, you know, I'm not, I'm not, you know, 100% pot committed. And it's not something I'm going to be necessarily rushing to watch as soon as it comes out and carefully you know like avoiding being on twitter so i don't get spoiled or anything like that but that's kind of a nice it's nice to have a show that i can just watch and not worry about that yeah i was i was actually happy to go on twitter today and i didn't see a lot of people talking about bad batch spoilers so that was really really nice to know yeah like i saw a lot of people talking about the show itself and that they really enjoyed it or thought it was okay or whatever whatever but I didn't, I didn't see as much spoilery shit as we normally get. And maybe that'll change as, you know, like the stakes get higher and the show goes on. Yeah, I'm excited to see, you know, how the show's going to go on. Like, are we going to see different clones? Are we going to see, you know, different people? Um, you know, we're obviously going to get Tarkin again. Like, what is Tarkin going to do to the Bad Batch? And, you know, what's Omega going to do? All this stuff we don't know. And we still don't know about Omega either. Like, we still have a ton to find out about this new character. And I like her so far. Like, even though that she lied about how many credits that she could pay, like, she has many redeemable qualities. Yeah, and she's trying to find her friend. So I think it's an okay thing to lie about. Yeah. Yeah, man, she's doing everything that she can do to, you know, help out her friend, to find her friend. She's a loyal person. So I like that about her. Yeah, and I think that, you know, I think Hunter saw that too. And, like, again, yes, he like, we see when he realizes how many, you know, like, credits she lied about. He is annoyed. But I think that her determination and her, like, being like, I will give you all of my money, just help my friend. I think that was an important bit of it to, to him. That he wants to know that he's helping people who, like, deserve to be helped and need help. Yeah, I... I really like Hunter. I think out of all the clones, I think Hunter is my favorite. Yeah, I can see that. He's funny. He was dressed as a crate dragon, and that's pretty cool. And it's just like he's just yeah, it's a much different character than I was expecting out of him. But I think I think Tech will probably end up being my favorite. Yeah, Tech's funny. He he, he looks familiar. Yeah, but I, he he has a clone. I know, but I just sometimes clones. Like, they look like, like, the Bad Batch, for some reason, like, they all look, you know how um, Hunter looks like Charlie Sheen? Mm-hmm. Like, he just, he looks like someone, like, I, I can't put my finger on it. Huh. Well, I'm sure it'll come to you eventually. Yeah. Yeah, I think it will. I think through time. T- time is an illusion, so you never know. <laughs> well, any other Bad Batch thoughts? No, I mean, it was fine. I feel like it was definitely overhyped. So I feel like my enjoyment of it was 
a little less than what it could have been like potentially. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but I, I'm more excited about it now knowing that like you enjoyed it, you know, other than the problematic shit that was, you know, deeply uncomfortable. I, I think it was great. Um, I'm glad that you think it was, you thought it was great. And I'm excited to actually like talk about something that like we enjoy for the next couple weeks. Like that's an interesting concept. Yeah. yeah um, but no, I, I want to, I want to hear what other people thought about it. I want to know, like, tell us who your favorite clones are and like who, who you're rooting for and what you think's like going on with Omega and how that's going to work out. Cause I think, I think there's a lot to dig into here. Yeah, I'm I'm always curious to see like what our listeners are thinking and I think especially now. Like I I love interacting with, you know, our listeners and friends. So like I would love to interact with everyone about like what they really think about the Bad Batch because it's the biggest thing in Star Wars right now. And you know, I think that'd be really important for us, you know, to yeah. reach out to, you know, our friends, you know, our listeners and just see what they're thinking, you know, how they're feeling, what they're doing, you know, how you know, they thought our review was anything. Yeah. Well, yeah, no, and especially because, the, I mean, at least this first episode is so different than the the arc was in that final Clone Wars series. I just, I want to know how people are dealing with that. Yeah, I want to know, like, how it's affecting them and just sometime, you know, maybe they'll have to listen to this review again to, you know, really get a grasp of, you know, what the Bad Batch is like, you know, from a different perspective. I definitely feel like our perspective of the Bad Batch is very different from a lot of other people's perspectives. So I think it's really important that, you know, our friends and listeners, you know, listen to this episode, you know, of our Bad Batch review. So, you know, they they know what we're thinking. Yeah, I think um, I think people just expected us to kind of not like it and just be like, hey, we didn't like it, which is why I wanted to, you know, like really dig into it here. Yeah, it's super important. And it's something that, you know, we both don't do often. You know, we don't really do like deep dives of episodes, you know, like we used to do, you know, with monthly Mendo movies. Like, I feel like we kind of keep our Star Wars conversation, you know, at a minimum because there isn't really a lot going right now. But I think that because the Bad Batch is here, I think that gives us, you know, the perfect opportunity to, you know, reach out and to talk about all of this, all of this going on right now. So I'm, I'm really happy. I'm really excited to see where this goes. Yeah, me too. Well, yeah, I, I don't have any more thoughts about Bad Batch. Um, I'm, I'm glad that it's here. I can't believe I'm saying that. But Bad Batch, welcome. Welcome to the family. Yeah. Yeah, I'll yeah. keep watching, at least for now. Sweet. Well, I think that covers you know, all of our Star Wars news for the day. I mean, Emily, what an interesting May the 4th this was. Yeah, there have been lots of exciting happening. Yeah, so I, I think that... I think that covers it. I think that we've covered everything. I think that we've done everything. Um, I don't think we've left anything out. You know, our Bad Batch review, you know, Biomes, uh, Star Wars Hotel. I can't think of anything else that we've missed. I don't think so. I mean, there was a pretty big lack on the news front. But we we had sort of suspected that. Yeah. Mm. I hope that changes or gets better because I, I think it's hilarious that, you know, Marvel posted this lovely video about, we know what's going on with Marvel. And all we got was, let's look at some ships Let's go on some planets. Let's look at the planets. 
Yeah, and that's the thing. It's like it's not like that Marvel thing was like full of footage or anything. There's a little bit of footage, but it's mostly just like, hey, here's the logo for this movie and a date that it's going to be released. And Star Wars can't even do that much. No, and and it's exciting for Marvel. Like I, I've been really kind of getting into Marvel, even though like Marvel still admittedly like intimidates me because there's comics, there's the there's the shows there's the movies like there's just so much that I still don't know so it's still like very intimidating but I really enjoy it and I enjoy you know the future of it it was it's still interesting to me that Angelina Jolie is going to be in a Marvel movie but hey I keep from I keep forgetting that the Eternals exists like every time I see anything for it I'm like oh yeah they're doing the Eternals that'll be interesting and then five minutes later it's out of my head yeah, it's funny because, you know, they brought out the whole cast at D23. You know, they brought out her. They brought out Rob Stark. They brought out, like, everyone else. I'm just like, I am less than 20 feet away from Angelina Jolie right now. Holy <laughs> shit. Wild. I, I know. Like, you know, I saw, like, Evan Rachel Wood. Um, I saw, like, Hilary Duff the day before. I was a little further away from Ewan McGregor. But, oh, man. Yeah, I remember being around people. It's a concept. And I I feel like it makes me nervous more, you know, the fact that, you know, we're getting to the point now where it's like, okay, like we can have like lunch days with each other now. I can go out to lunch with someone. Like it, it's almost like nerve wracking. Like, you know, I have to prepare, you know, it's like an interview almost just what questions I should ask. What should I avoid? <laughs> what should I wear? How should I do my hair? What should I order at the restaurant? I'm really big at looking at the menu before going to the restaurant because it's like, I don't want to sit there the whole time looking at the menu being like, I don't know what I'm going to get. Like, I need to know exactly. So I get there and I'm prepared. Carlos always gives me shit because I did that before our first date and he was so surprised that I knew everything. And he's like, that's like spoiling it. Like you're spoiling the experience. And it's like, no, no, no. it's, it's, you're making sure that you don't make the wrong order. That's, that's spoil. You know what spoils the dinner? Ordering something. Exactly. Like I needed to know what exactly, what exact cider I wanted to order so that it would complement my duck tacos. Yeah. No, I totally agree with you there. I love reading menus. Yeah, me too. Uh, seasonal menus are fun sometimes, but then it sucks because it's like you get there and then it's like, shit, it's not the menu anymore because you have in your head perfectly, okay, I'm going to get the pear salad with the vinaigrette on the side, but then it's like they don't have the fucking pear salad anymore. And it's like, I was really looking forward to this motherfucking pear salad. Yeah, that's always very disappointing. <sighs> Man. But anyway, um, I guess, yeah, I guess that's our May the 4th Be With You episode. Yeah, I, I think we did pretty good. Um, I think we were well prepared. I, I don't know. Like, I'm almost proud of us. Like, it's it was really fun that we got to spend this May the Fourth together virtually. Yeah, it worked out well that it was on a day we know with like we didn't have to do like a like shift our recording schedule around. Yeah, it was great. I'm glad that we got to do this. Me too. Wonderful. Well. Emily, where can we find you and the podcast on social media? Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Eflind. You can find the show at Kintabite Pod. Uh, you know, let us know what you thought of uh, the episode. Let us know what you thought of the Bad Batch episode. And just, yeah, talk to us. Um, Brittany, how about you? You can find me on Instagram and Twitter as Canto Brit. Sweet. Oh, and our email address, if you want to send us anything longer than a tweet, is cantobypot at gmail.com. 
Yeah, wonderful. Yeah, send us email, send us voicemail. Let us know how we're doing. Like I I really want to know, you know, what people think of our, you know, Bad Batch review because it's been a really long time since like we've talked and gone in depth about something Star Wars. I think probably like since The Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, I mean, well, no, I mean Mandalorian. Wait, oh, was that before? Yeah. That was after Rise of Skywalker, right? I guess, yes, but I yes, feel like yeah. the Rise of Skywalker was such an anticipated event that got a lot of people talking, a lot of people podcasting. And I feel like, you know, with the Bad Batch 2, it's getting a lot of people talking, a lot of people podcasting, a lot of people, you know, doing YouTube content. Like, we have a Raj who's staying up until midnight to watch the fucking Bad Batch and talk about it with his friends. Like, but that's some, that is some commitment right there, Raj. God yeah. bless you, Raj. Yeah, that is completely been it. I, I don't, yeah, just wait a day. It's fine. But no, no, it's it is cool. I understand why you get the content out right away. Yeah, yeah, like our content creator friends, you know, good for you. You know, Steel Castle Run, you know, all our other friends, like Godspeed Rebels. Yeah. But yeah, thank you everyone for listening. Happy May the Fourth. I hope you did something fun. I hope you had a great day, and I hope you continue having a great day. And we will talk to you next time. Bye. Bye. Here we go. Yo, 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 and away we go. It's time to serenade my girl Lindo. Sorry, the ladies where I had to say no, but if I'm cheating on Serena, it's on Canto. No shame in the game, make even Rogue One seem tame. But I blame it on Brit with a ginger main main. Yeah, that's fire. Love on the rocks, leaves the love on my socks. Lindo fanfic leaves y'all shocked, especially when y'all truly whips out his cock. Canto bite. Episode 100 Hey yo, I'm back, no fulcrum this time I'm on a flight to the bay and I'm writing some rhymes My top three running through my head, you know So I had to come correct when they hit the hundo My girls E and B deserve congratulations Our adulation for the weekly creation My last celebration was all about them But this time I gotta drop lines for our friends This is for the bitches, strictly for the bitches Give it up for the bitches, all the canto bitches This one's for my bitches, only for the bitches Throw your hands up, bitches on my Canto bitches Start off with my Aussies Catherine's a sweet one Brought cash into lunch With Canto bitch number one Josh made it a team And had bourbon and cornflakes The kind of ice cream That made him show me his old face Got to meet Turbo And throw back some brews Fish tacos and San Fran You know we approve Rebecca from Perth I haven't met you yet Last shout to Fushi Dude I didn't forget This is for the bitches Strictly for the bitches Give it up for the bitches All the Canto bitches This one's for my bitches Only for the bitches Throw your hands up bitches all my canto bitches Rabia and Adele often email the show I cut a track on them trolls with Johnny Grasso Jesse McGee busted a rap for me Met her and horse B at Scum and Villainy King Tom Death Watch The most regal of fathers Got to behold the luscious locks of Strata Shouted Rusty last time so I shout a rush too You know the list ain't complete without lesson boo This is for the bitches Strictly for the bitches Give it up for the bitches All the canto bitches This one's for my bitches Only for the bitches Throw your hands up bitches all my canto bitches Now if I didn't say your name Don't feel no shame You love the fun The games And refresher bangs Hang on every word Of Lindo's fanfic Where she describes Every vein in Mendo's dick Spread the word Maybe buy a t-shirt I don't know Maybe ask the girls If Yaddle squirts Take your CBD Send in your top three, And you'll always be A bitch like me Get him, Eric.